Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved, after the brief interruption for October's message, Halloween Unmasked, we are picking up today with Part 2 of a sure foundation in turbulent times. Without a doubt, there has never been a more critical time in the earth when the true Church of Jesus Christ has been in as much need of this holy and sacred reminder. Not only are the prophetic signs that promise to usher in the last things, which the Word of God has prophesied must and will take place before the Lord returns, but knowing that His time is short, Satan's warfare has also increased, leaving many who truly love the Lord battle-worn and weary. These attacks are twofold, first to weaken the child of God and to get our attention on ourselves. As the enemy's many assaults barrage us, confusion and doubt battle us as well. If Satan can weaken our salvation confidence, we can shrink back into that place of self-consciousness and lose sight of our Savior and His finished work on the cross that has cleansed us of all unrighteousness. Satan will tell us that we're going through our sufferings because of some sin or lack of faith, when in reality God's Word assures us that many are the afflictions of the righteous ones, based only on His righteousness alone, which has been imputed to us in amazing grace provision. Even when we miss the mark, the Holy Spirit is at work within us, bringing us to repentance, that change of mind in remembrance that we are now the righteousness of God and how much it costs the Savior to provide us with that glorious endowment, which then, in turn, produces a change in our behavior. That then leads to the second purpose behind the enemy's attacks, which is to derail us from our holy mandate as salt and light to a sin-riddled and darkened world. In Ephesians 6.12, it is written, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Beloved, demons are real, and they have been assigned to every child of God with the evil intention to keep us bound and ineffective against Satan's schemes. And that is why in this study, we are going to revisit in detail what our majestic Savior and Lord has truly accomplished for the one who has been born again of His Spirit, and that we surely do have a sure foundation in Him, not in order that we would concentrate on the power we now have as a child of God, as many of today's messages focus on, making us the center of that truth, but rather that we would with humility and gratitude look to Him, who is all power, wisdom, and might, and to give Him all the honor, glory, worship, and praise that He alone is worthy of. Again, I will be sharing insight from the Covenant Kingdom. In Part 1 of A Sure Foundation in Turbulent Times, we address Lord Jesus as our Holy Representative. 
In this message, we will learn that he is also our sacrificial substitute. The fact that he became our replacement and blood atonement payment for our sin and former rebellion to God in his word is absolutely incredible. But he did so much more. He also became our substitute in covenant relationship with the Father, an everlasting covenant of eternal life in heaven's celestial home. He died so that we could live. We might call it the great exchange. When we addressed the blood covenant in a previous podcast, we learned that when making a covenant, there was an exchange of various things, such as the belts, weapons, coats, names, and so on. In the making of the new covenant, there was also exchanges made between the Lord and the one who has been brought into covenant relationship with him. We'll examine what actually took place in salvation's promise, because it is literally the great exchange of life for death. Remember that Jesus said, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come to give them life, and that life more abundantly. In Isaiah 53, 5, we are given a preview of one of the great exchanges held in the blood covenant. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. All the other sacred exchanges are an outflow of that great love offering our Savior provided for us. We learn that, in exchange for our sin, he has given us his righteousness. In Second Corinthians 5.21, it is written that, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. This exchange came by God's grace alone and by nothing we could ever do to earn it. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 1 to 10, we read an amazing promise of deliverance and rest, which I pray will take hold deep within our spirit. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too, all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, in order that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, that no one should boast. Now, beloved, I will tell you that your feelings will not always line up with the truth and power held in that magnificent and amazing grace assurance. For the enemy will attack you in every way, hoping to rob you of that confidence. Saint will taunt us, accuse us, and torment us. But please be reminded that we walk not according to our feelings or circumstances or what our flesh is dictating to us 
but by the very word of God, which is forever settled in heaven and stands undisputed. We are no longer the point. He is. Paul the Apostle took hold of this sacred premise in a powerful and transforming revelational way. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ now lives in me. And the life that I still live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. Oh, that we would take hold of this. We did not choose him. He chose us. And therefore, we are no longer our own. Now that we have been born again from above, we are called to serve him and to bring him good pleasure. And even though, unfortunately, it is not always evident by our behavior, we truly are new creations in him. In Second Peter 1, 3-4, we read, Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness, through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, in order that by them you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. We are now one with him and eternally sealed by his Holy Spirit. Therefore, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as it is written, for thy sake we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This, beloved, is the love that cast out all fear, fear of punishment, fear of dread, fear of the wrath of God ever befalling us. Now fear will still try to torment us, for it is a dread spirit that does not easily give up. But when it comes, and it will, we shall proclaim that greater is he who is in us. When David was besieged by the Philistines, he wrote, For when I am afraid, I will put my trust in the Lord, in God whose word I praise. In God I have put my trust, I shall not be afraid. And in concert with David's proclamation, I'd like to end today by giving praise to the Lord our God as I echo Psalm 100. Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. Do praise his name forever, beloved. And as always, I bid you his agape. You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. 
If you'd like to receive a CD copy of this message or you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006, or via our website at www.agapelightministries.com. Again, that's www.agapelightministries.com.